the world's most exciting podcast, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. I'm Michael Savage, host of the Savage Nation podcast, home of borders, language, and culture. Hear my new podcast each week as I speak with top guests from around the world. Right now, we have over 700 shows in our library featuring interviews with world leaders, scientists, faith teachers, and more, including President Donald Trump, Prime Minister of Israel Ehud Barak, Edward Teller, the father of the hydrogen bomb, Jerry Falwell, and so much more conversations and commentary you cannot find anywhere else. Other guests have included Samuel Cohen, the father of the neutron bomb, Breitbart's Alex Marlowe, the great author Peter Schweitzer, Colonel Douglas McGregor. Be here or be nowhere. The Savage Nation podcast. Catch the Michael Savage podcast on all podcast platforms every Tuesday and every Friday. Way to go, Joe. 40-year high. Not your poll numbers. We're talking about inflation. Wow. 7.5% increase in January alone. Yet the fake news, they're still pulling and spinning for you, Joe. We are seeing a historic level of economic growth. This is truly a Biden boom. The fastest rate of economic growth in 40 years. That's incredible. There is a record-breaking jobs boom afoot. Some calling it a Biden boom. A Biden boom. Uh, this is a if this is an explosion. It is a dirty nuclear bomb explosion that just exploded over Joe Biden's head. This is a disaster. And they're going to have a very tough time explaining this one. So in these economic uncertain times, I remember FDR and those very confusing words, actually, for me when I first heard them. But they make sense now. Let me assert my firm belief that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Now, I never really understood it until now. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. And not really talking about the economy. I'm just talking about the overall culture, the mood out there. People are afraid. They're afraid of being canceled. They're afraid of being fired, terminated, singled out. They're afraid of the mob. So they let the far left do their thing and keep their heads down. We can't live this way. I won't live this way. I know there have been casualties. And these people, they use them as an example for the rest of us, ordinary people and famous people. Somebody walking their dog does the right thing. She goes back into her building. There's some guy she doesn't know. She wants to know more. She asks him a question. Probably should have called the cops. Turned out it was a black guy, and you know what happened next. She lost her job. Uh, her ex-husband had to put out a statement. Everything uh, went haywire in her life. You know, I'm sorry, but when somebody enters a building, an apartment building, and you don't know them, I mean, we have locks on the doors for a reason, don't we? Cancel culture. People are afraid of this. A woman on the street sees somebody writing graffiti on the sidewalk. She lives there. Doesn't seem right. Excuse me, sir. What are you up to? What's going on here? Again, in her life, all hell breaks loose. She gets fired. Her husband gets fired, who was just standing there. Ordinary people, 
and famous people. Uh, the quarterback, Drew Brees, remember him? He's still in the game, right? Is he? Anyway, ah, he retired. So uh, maybe this helped him leave when he made a totally fine statement about respecting our flag. This possibly brought on the end of his career. I will never agree with anybody um, disrespecting the flag of the United States of America or our country. Is everything right with our country right now? No, it's not. We still have a long way to go. But I think what you do by standing there and showing respect to the flag with your hand over your heart is it shows unity. It shows that we are all in this together. We can all do better and that we are all part of the solution. Beautiful statement, right? What could be wrong with that? Nothing. That could be the start of his campaign announcement. I don't know. This was the worst thing, though, that was ever said, according to the woke left. And he had to apologize. Do you remember this? It was astounding. I would like to apologize to my friends, teammates, the city of New Orleans, the black community, NFL community, anyone else I heard with my comments yesterday. Uh, I made comments that were insensitive and completely missed the mark. Uh, I am very sorry, and I ask for your forgiveness. His wife had to apologize as well. We are the problem. The world really has gone mad. This, though, famous people, ordinary people getting canceled and our history being destroyed, this is all an effort to keep us in line, and I am afraid of fear. I am afraid for our country when people are afraid of the mob. It's easy to be afraid. Sometimes it gets on my nerves, and sometimes I wonder. Anybody could be canceled. We got to throw caution to the wind. It's tough, especially when you have kids, especially when you, you're depending on income from others. But we love our country, don't we? It's one thing when a mob does it, and then your community does it. When they remove Thomas Jefferson, Teddy Roosevelt, icons of American history, and our communities are supporting that. Um, it's not just some crazy game. Our long-term, maybe even our short-term safety is at risk. Because I'll tell you who's not messing with this stuff, China. You can go to China today, Tiananmen Square, and guess who's front and center in Tiananmen Square? Mao Zedong, Chairman Mao. They still revere him there, or at least they haven't canceled him yet. Uh, he killed millions of people probably, but uh, He's still, <laughs> he survives. Maybe they should cancel him. But if they did, that would take a lot of time and energy and it would distract them. Know what I mean? Mm. Our history, everything about it is being erased. Even our recent history, forget the Civil War. 9-11. I can hear you. The rest of the world hears you. And the people... <laughs> That man did a good job on that day and then screwed everything else up. And 20 years later, he has the nerve to say that those who have questions about the election, those who are not with the woke left, those who oppose Black Lives Matter are just as bad as al-Qaeda terrorists. He said it. And we have seen growing evidence that the dangers to our country can come not only across borders, but from violence that gathers within. 
There's little cultural overlap between violent extremists abroad and violent extremists at home. But then there's disdainful pluralism in their disregard for human life, in their determination to defile national symbols. They are children of the same foul spirit, and it is our continuing duty to confront them. For a moment, I was hopeful. Wow, is he talking about Antifa? Is he talking about the left? Is he talking about Black Lives Matter? I mean, those comments would be appropriate, would be fitting, wouldn't they? We all saw what happened, but he wasn't. He was very clear. He was talking about January Sixers and those who supported President Trump. It seems to me that President Trump is hated more by the Bush family than the Bush family loves America. It's really sad. Go to his statement, please, from uh, the summer of 2020. It is time for us to listen. Even George W. Bush was sucking up to the woke left. And all of this virtue signaling has left us in a very dangerous, unsafe position. When the Department of Homeland Security issues a security memorandum that goes out to everybody, law enforcement, and says that people like you and me are part of the problem, because we have questions about the fairness of the 2020 election, because we have concerns about the 2022 election, that somehow we're not to be trusted, that we are dangerous, we're not. It's a lie. But there it is in black and white, or in this case, yellow and white. False or misleading narratives and conspiracy theories could potentially inspire acts of violence, exacerbate societal friction to sow discord, undermine trust in the government. False or misleading narratives regarding unsubstantiated widespread election fraud inspire acts of violence. They're saying that even those who are asking these questions could inspire acts of violence. That is, that is so unfair. It's dangerously unfair. You know... Lee Harvey Oswald, we think, killed Kennedy, maybe with some help, but I actually think he did it on his own. But I know lots of people have lots of theories. He used to go to the library and read books. Did one of those books about Marxism inspire him? Should we take all those books out of the library? Should we just get rid of libraries? Because there are a lot of books in there that inspire people or whatever gets in their heads. Of course not. Who's going to figure out if this stuff is false or true? Hmm? The Democrats? Kamala Harris is going to make this determination. We're going to let CNN tell us what's false, what's real. Are we going to turn it over to the FBI? No, I don't think we're going to do any of those things. At least we shouldn't, right? I mean, that's the direction it seems to be going. By the way, the DHS security memo did mention a genuine security threat. At the end of the memo, item three, calls by foreign terrorist organizations for attacks on the U.S. based on recent events. Not one, not two, but number three. It's wild. They're warning about conspiracy theories, but as we've seen, yesterday's conspiracy theory is today's truth. Facebook. How many times can Facebook mess with us? Big tech. Take a look. In December of uh, 2020, They were removing things they didn't want to hear about COVID-19 and vaccines, like maybe it was man-made, manufactured, like in the Wuhan lab. Yeah, they just determined on their own that that was false. Turns out that even our own government finally admitting it looks like it came from that lab. And if you listen to Senator Rand Paul, looks like we paid for it. We paid for it. Uh, It's just totally bizarre. And 
it didn't have to be this way. The Department of Homeland Security, right? They should be worried about our security. They're not. They are not. They're playing a woke game to please the administration. If you go to their uh, website right now on your smartphone, the number one thing there, Black History Month, followed by a big section on climate change, okay? Uh, allies from Afghanistan, but again, number two, Black History Month, you can read all about it right there. Department of Homeland Security. Don't they have bigger priorities? I think they should. And I think our Republicans in Congress should be focused on more important things, don't you? We're here. We, we, we saw what happened. It was a violent insurrection for the purpose of trying to prevent the peaceful transfer of power after a legitimately certified election. And this is the Republican leader, the Republican leader. I caught Levin last night. He's amazing. He has some questions for the Republican leaders, these rhinos. Why is it that even when Republicans are in control of the Senate and the House, that government becomes massively bigger still? Teachers gain power when Democrats are in office. They don't lose any power when Republicans gain power. And borders remain open no matter what, until a remarkable true leader like Trump comes along. We hope he comes back. Stay with us. An absolutely absurd uh, allegation from the New York Times about President Trump. This is desperation. It's comical what they're getting at now. We'll be right back. Hi, Rob Carson here. If you love watching Newsmax, you're really going to love listening to our new podcast. It's called the Newsmax Daily. I host it and I give you the best briefing of the big news of the day, top newsmaker interviews, and even, yes, a few laughs. I know it's hard to believe. So if you're uh, driving, walking, exercising, just about anywhere, you can connect with the Newsmax Daily with me, Rob Carson. Find our podcast online or go to iPhone, Spotify, iHeart, Stitcher, and more and start listening today. All I can say is that the fake news just doesn't get it, do they? The fake news, they're trying again. Oh, boy, they hate Trump. Um, impeachment 1, Impeachment 2, Russiagate, all this nonsense. Now, what do we call this? Listen to it. It's disgusting. National Archives asked Justice Department to investigate Trump's handling of White House records, and Adam Schiff is sounding off, and... This is the disgusting part. This is the ludicrous part. It's also a little bit funny. It's just bizarre and it makes no sense. Take a look. I learned that staff in the White House residence would periodically find the, the toilet clogged. The engineer would have to come and, and fix it. And what the engineer would find would be wads of, you know, clumped up print, wet printed paper, um, and, you know, meaning it was not Toilet paper. This was this was either notes or some other piece of paper that you know he they believe that he had thrown down the toilet. What it could be, Brianna could be anybody's guess. Could be anybody's guess. Call Robert Mueller immediately. I want to know. It was an engineer. What the hell was he doing fixing the toilet? Okay. What are you supposed to do when the toilet paper? I, it's absurd. It's nonsense. Here we go again. It doesn't pass the laugh test. It really doesn't. I think we can all move on. I'm going to move on. 
very hopeful about the candidacy of Kari Lake, the Republican in Arizona. Have you heard about her? Former uh, anchorwoman in Phoenix. And now I think she's poised to uh, who knows what. Uh, she has this great habit. She records the media as they're interviewing her. Watch what happened. Well, do you I, think they should be pardoned? Do you think they should be pardoned? I, I have no say in that. I'm running for governor. This isn't something a governor does. You're trying to twist well, this interview and trying to make me look bad. He's the Republican leader. What I don't like is that people are being held in prison without being charged. That's un-American. Maybe they get away with that stuff in Australia. Australia. Perhaps in Australia, because you've given your rights away, you melted down all of your guns and you guys have no freedom, that you find that okay. But here in America, we do things differently. We have something called the U.S. Constitution and we have rights. And we don't take kindly, that, 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 we don't take kindly on Americans being locked up for months on end without being charged. So charge them or get off the pot. So we'd be better off having more guns here. I mean, what? You'd yeah, be you would. Off. You absolutely would, sir. You absolutely would. I feel so sorry for the people in Australia have no power. The only thing keeping us from being Australia right now or Canada is our Second Amendment. And we will never, ever let that go. Mark my words. What we saw happening in Australia, where you have internment camps and people are being forced, if they've encountered anybody with COVID, to be locked into a quarantine camp is the most horrifying thing I think I've ever seen a government do. It's frightening. And if you, if you can't see that, I feel sorry for you. This is a great thing to do. Whenever you're interviewed by the media, record it and uh, turn the tables on them. Why not? Carrie Lake, it looks like she's going to win. Who knows? We'll see. I hate to be the Democrat who's uh, running against her. All right, time to go to Florida. Have you heard about the uh, new bill down there, the Parental Rights and Education Bill? It applies to public schools. It would prohibit discussion of sexual orientation in the classroom as part of the curriculum prohibits discussion of gender identity. And further inside the bill, it talks about this, parents, their rights, notifying a student's parent if there is a change related to the student's mental, emotional, or physical health or well-being. Goes on to say, reinforce the fundamental right of parents to make decisions regarding the upbringing and control of their children. Now the left, they hate this. Uh, they hate everything about it. And uh, so they bring in their favorite, Mayor Pete, who is the Secretary of Transportation, right? <laughs> uh, but he's happy to show up on your cable TV show and weigh in on this issue because, well, he's gay. And why is that relevant? Well, it's why he's the Transportation Secretary. I mean, you look at the media coverage. They could never stop writing about his orientation. I personally did not care about his orientation. I cared that he exaggerated his military experience. We can talk about that some other time. Uh, so he shows up on the fake news and they ask him about this. I do want to ask you about Florida's uh, don't say gay bill. Uh, your, your husband, Chaston, is speaking out against the legislation. He, he says in particular uh, that it could lead to more suicides among L LGBTQ youth. President Biden has slammed the bill as well. In your view, is this dangerous legislation? How about that? He used the left's uh, moniker for the bill, their negative nickname, the don't say gay bill. That's not what it's called. The anchor did not explain anything that's inside the bill. He just served it up, go ahead and attack this bill. And who the hell, excuse me, cares about Pete Buttigieg's husband? 
who's not in government. Pretty wild and pretty uninformative as well. Uh, speaking of CNN, did you hear about what happened over there? Uh, still reverberating around the world. Uh, take a look. We have news now to report involving our network. CNN President Jeff Zucker has just resigned after disclosing a consensual relationship with a colleague. We're following some breaking news now. Uh, big development sending shockwaves throughout the world of cable news. Jeff Zucker has just resigned as president of CNN, effective immediately. CNN President Jeff Zucker abruptly resigned after acknowledging a consensual relationship with a coworker. Okay. Uh, seriously, who cares? I mean, it's a juicy story, potentially, but who is the president right now of CBS News? Let's close our eyes. I have no idea. Who's the president of NBC News? Same. Fox News. Who runs Fox News? I know the Murdochs own it, but who actually runs it? Who cares? This is such a silly inside, nobody else cares but these phonies in the media. But how they're reacting to it is fascinating. Now, over there at CNN, apparently there's panic because, well, they knew the boss, they liked the boss, and he's gone. Are they worried about you, the viewer? No, they're worried about themselves, and they always have been. It's a great big vanity project for so many of these people. So the new boss comes in. His name is uh, Jason. I don't know anything about him, never met him, seems like a nice guy, who knows? And uh, he's having these town hall meetings and talking to everybody about, you know, we're gonna move forward now. And they're just harassing the guy with questions about what do we do next? This is Allison Camerata, anchor, formerly of Fox, now at CNN, just laying into the guy. Um, listen. What you're hearing and what we're all experiencing is just a huge shockwave to all of our mental health. This has been incredibly destabilizing and unsettling. And, you know, one of the secrets, I think, to mental health is understanding. And um, the way that happens is getting some answers and some closure. And we don't have that. We don't understand in this room why the death penalty was necessary. We all agreed there's a mistake made. Jeff acknowledged there was a mistake made. What we don't understand and what's affecting my mental health personally is the death penalty aspect of this. It's really bewildering. Uh, her boss didn't die. He was let go. Her mental health. She needs closure. Um, the whole country has been through a lot over the past couple of years, right? COVID, the shutdown, uh, riots. She's... She didn't miss a paycheck. Nobody over there missed a paycheck. All of Jeff's favorites, put them back up on the screen. Jake Tapper, Don Lemon, all of them have been there for so long and they're worried about their mental health because their boss's boss's boss was let go. You wanna see stress, you wanna see intensity, you wanna see something that could throw your mental health? This stuff. So, um, combat can lead to real stress, uh, real problems, potentially, potentially, uh, quite frankly, post-traumatic stress disorder is probably overstated. It's been written about, it's, uh, possibly overdiagnosed. studies are not definitive on this, but it's my sense. I've seen it. I've talked to guys, you know, I served for a significant amount of time, 
PTSD overdiagnosed. And it's coming from the top. Uh, there's a general, one of the top generals of the Air Force. Here he is. His name is Minahan. And uh, he let the world know via Twitter that he went to go see the base shrink, uh, the psychiatrist. He go, went ahead, put it online. Yeah, mental health appointment. And then he went on to tell everybody about it, that it was such a great thing. Warrior heart, no stigma. I've, okay, I didn't say there was one. I've learned more about myself in the last three days and than in the last 30 years. It was humbling, terrifying, and strengthening, and I'm better for it. I've learned stopping the stigma starts with me. Hashtag warrior heart. Everything is a silly hashtag campaign these days. Well, there is no stigma about this stuff. I mean, when we go to the doctor, though, do we tell everybody, you know, I've got something wrong with something? And no, it's a private matter. And it can be. As far as stigma and mental health, anybody see The Sopranos? The whole show is about that tough guy uh, getting help from Dr. Melfi, right? How about in the 70s? Bob Newhart. He was a psychologist meeting all kinds of people all the time. No big deal. In MASH. I grew up on MASH. Remember that doctor, the sensitive one who came around? So why do I bring this up? Because our military is focused on very silly things. And again, you know who's not focused on silly things? I don't like these guys, but I think they've got their priorities straight when it comes to national defense. The Chinese. We'll be right back. Real heroes. Real conflict. Real threats. Real heart. Now, there's a place America gets its news. No agenda. Just the facts. Newsmax. Real news for real people. Well, I can't recommend it enough. I'm enjoying it so much. Rigged uh, by Molly Hemingway. How the media, big tech, and the Democrats seized our election. It's worth reading uh, if you have questions about the fairness of the election, as I do. Uh, all kinds of things in there, including how the media just over part and we're not paradise on Earth. How about the myth of Che Guevara? He remembers the whole debate over Charlottesville. Trump was the truthful one in all of this. It's documented. They call it the, uh, the Charlottesville hoax. It was all a lie, especially how Joe Biden uh, portrays uh, what happened and why he ran for president. It's all nonsense. But Trump was right about this. This week, it's Robert E. Lee. I noticed that Stonewall Jackson's coming down. I wonder, is it George Washington next week? And is it Thomas Jefferson the week after? You know, you, all, you really do have to ask yourself, where does it stop? But George Washington was a slave owner. Was George Washington a slave owner? So will George Washington now lose his status? Are we going to take down, excuse me, are we going to take down, are we going to take down statues to George Washington? How about Thomas Jefferson? What do you think of Thomas Jefferson? You like him? Okay, good. Are we going to take down the statue? Because he was a major slave owner. Now we're going to take down his statue. Hold us. You repeat a lie long enough, people will believe it. Nazis and white supremacists. So that story dominated. But this part also made news. President Trump says that Washington and Jefferson will be coming down next. He's crazy. That will never happen. And of course, it did happen. It did happen. First, the mob uh, took down those statues. 
And then shortly thereafter, communities voted on it or just decreed it. Mayors, uh, councils removed statues of Roosevelt, uh, uh, Jefferson, other revered figures. Horrible, horrible. You know, it's amazing what the media culture brought on that a president, a leader, standing in front of a church with a Bible was somehow deemed offensive, yet rioters trying to start a fire, (laughs) that was somehow wholesome, that was somehow righteous. By the way, that church where the president is with the Bible, I'm really, it breaks my heart that he's not the president because that church right now has a Black Lives Matter banner in front of it. It's here to stay. We are living with the consequences of the damage that was done to this country by the media, by the left, to get Trump out. The increased crime, the tension, you can feel it. It's everywhere. And businesses, people, suffering. Not too far from where I live, a drugstore had to close its doors because they were being looted to death, shoplifted to death. Inside, I mean, they could not keep, forget the supply chain. This is people just helping themselves and walking out. This is the insanity. They wanted, I think they wanted to burn the country down rather than let Trump be president for another four years. So Biden's the president. People are at each other's other's throats, hopefully for not much longer. But this is from Tuesday. Take a look. They found him. We're in America. Oh, time to look at this. Look at this. Look, what are you doing? It's because he's not wearing a mask. What are you doing? What are you doing? Is this how you treat What are you doing? Do you put your hands up the Holy crap. Holy crap. That's assault. That is assault. Oh my God. Oh my God. Doing that to the children too? Holy What the are you doing? What are you doing? Officer. Upstate New York. This is a day before, by the way, the governor got rid of the, uh, the mask mandate in public settings. I think there's one more part to this. You just allow your security to do that? What are you doing? What are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing? (laughs) Wow. What? What is the video, brother? And he's laughing. He's laughing. You're laughing. I couldn't tell if he was laughing, but he shouldn't be laughing. Uh, Everything is uh, that's terrible. And stuff just is Coursera, your course to success. So many people are overweight now and asking themselves, why can't I? Great. Huh? 1977. Look at all these movies. I remember all of these movies, except Bound for Glory. Never saw it. But the other ones are pretty good. Even the fake news, all the president's men. Let's go to another year. Uh, 1995. All these movies are still good. Great classics. But then something happened. Hollywood, which was always liberal, went ultra, ultra, ultra woke. And it happened all of a sudden. People started to say, Oscar's so white. I know plenty of black entertainers. I don't know what's going on, but they just went crazy with this. And, uh, well, now we are living with the results. I'll get to the results in a moment. But first, the, uh, the fake outrage. 
It's no secret that the Oscars has a diversity problem. Once again, the lack of diversity in the nominees is a headliner. The telecast ratings for the Oscars have been down significantly since Oscars so white. The Academy is still overwhelmingly white and overwhelmingly male. This really turns out to be a popularity contest amongst older white men. Has she ever thought about how that makes me feel? I don't know if she has. It doesn't make me feel good, actually. I don't like to be singled out on those kinds of things that I can't control. But anyway, they diversified. They went totally woke, even more woke than they already were. And now you can have all the crummy movies you want, all right? All kinds of diversity, and no one has ever heard of or will ever see these movies. These are actually Best Picture nominees for uh, 2022. Belfast, Coda, Don't Look Up, Drive My Car, Dune, the remake, I guess. I kind of remember that one. Don't look up. I did see something about that in the news, but that's it. That's all. And I have no intent to swarm the UC Berkeley campus Wednesday night, forcing officials at the school to cancel the appearance of a right. I shouldn't say that. I don't know. I like her spirit, though. Adele, listen to this. I really love being a woman and being a female artist. I do. I do. Well, you probably heard by now that was considered a controversial thing to say because she was at the nine non-binary awards, uh, sexless awards. My question is, and everything that has to be said about this has already been said, except you see the logo on the podium? That's MasterCard. What the hell is MasterCard sponsoring this non-binary stuff for? Why is corporate America going so woke? Their customers aren't, and everybody else just throwing money around uh, to Black Lives Matter and trying to be on the cutting edge of every faddish social movement. Your customers aren't like that, I think. Anyway, we'll be right back with one of the truckers from Canada and also, in my book, he's a hero, Brandon Strzok. Liberty-loving American takes on Washington, Hollywood, and the whole media establishment. He's Chris Salcedo. Join his fight. Tune in to The Chris Salcedo Show every weekday afternoon on Newsmax. Okay, how's it going in Ottawa, Canada? You know, we love these truckers, and word is that some of them may be heading down to the Super Bowl and joined by American drivers. A big convoy could be headed to the Super Bowl. Take a look at this headline. Uh, the Department of Homeland Security warns that trucker protests in the U.S. could begin on Super Bowl. At virtually any pharmacy, it's never been easier to save big with BuzzRx. Start saving. As for me, uh, well, hey, at least they're not calling these guys domestic terrorists. Yeah, that's a good thing. We'd like to meet now Spencer Bouts. He's a Canadian trucker. Right now, he's uh, in his rig, we believe, just a couple of blocks from the uh, Ottawa Supreme Court. Spencer, yes, welcome to Newsmax. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. You bet. You bet. Hey, any word up there about uh, driving a convoy or a piece of it to the United States to the Super Bowl? Yeah, uh, there's word of some guys moving. I'm right on the main drag on Wellington, so my truck does not move. But a couple of our guys are willing to help out, um, you know, some of the border things going on and stuff like that. Uh, we have things pretty well under control here, so we're looking to help out everybody else now. 
Excellent. Excellent. You know what? I, I look at Canadian media. I look at some of our media here and they keep trying to say you guys are extremists. They see all these Nazi flags. They see all this violence. I have not seen the violence. I saw one flag that I think was a false flag. So um, is there something we're missing or, or is it pretty peaceful from your vantage point? Oh. Yeah, no, we're definitely extreme. We're extremely happy, extremely peaceful, uh, extremely unified group here. It's, uh, I agree with the, the flag there. The cameras were on him before he pulled it out of his bag. It's nothing, nothing to stress too much. Yeah, we were expecting things like that to happen. So I've seen nothing but good things here. Absolutely not. All right, excellent. Now, listen, I heard that the, uh, the government sent a few federal negotiators your way for talks about how they can possibly meet your demands, or I don't know. You tell us what is happening. I mean, is there any light at the end of the tunnel? Are they going to blink? Yeah, of course, there's definitely talks going on. Um, very little of that trickles down, but uh, they're going to have to do something because you can see already changes in government. Some MPs are stepping down. People are starting to tell the truth, and uh, there's big change coming, that's for sure. All right. Hey, what's the number one thing that has you frustrated right now that drove you literally to uh, Ottawa? What's the number one thing they can do that would turn this situation around for you? Uh, well, you know, you got to drop those mandates and uh, we got to keep them dropped. No matter what emergency act or whatever ploy they're going to play with next, we have to storm the Capitol. Soon it became a day of shocking events and even tragedy. Find out what really happened. And uh, let's unify again. It's, it's enough is enough here. Yeah, the divisive rhetoric has come from um, the prime minister himself and a lot of the Ottawa City Ooh. Council people. I think we have uh, actually, forgive me, but uh, this is uh, the city council, uh, one, of the, one of the members there, saying that you guys are the worst things ever. I, I don't believe her. I think this is, uh, but we're going to play it. Go ahead. They settled in and got very comfortable. They have really terrorized our residents. They have um, acted so uh, abysmally. I think there's been plenty of accounts of how our residents have um, been subject to racism and sexism and misogyny and um, just the most boorish and ugly, hateful behavior that one could ever expect. All right. Well, that's borderline hysterical, uh, Spencer. Um, you tell me, though. What's the mood in Canada? What's the mood in the streets of Ottawa? Uh, are all people like her? Or are they giving you a lot of support? Uh, you know, there's always people on one side or the other, but um, the mood in Canada is hope. And the general population, by far, they've finally got a, a sliver of hope after so long feeling alone. And um, this, this isn't uh, some crazy ploy of very professional Russian experts. These are normal people like myself who came together and started a movement. And we are being helped by very smart, uh, very intelligent people um, now that jumped on board and said, hey, you guys are doing something great. I want to help you out. And that's where we are gaining strength from all different resources. But don't get, it, don't get us wrong. These are just regular Canadians um, trying to do what they feel is right. Very cool. Very cool. And hey, that's the cab behind you. Is that where you sleep? And I see you play the guitar, too. Is that you right there in the truck? Yeah, you bet. All right. I love it. I love it. Hey, are you guys still prohibited from blowing the horn? 
Uh, yeah, we are keeping it real cool on the horns. We're uh, being friendly neighbors for sure. <laughs> okay. Well, listen, Spencer. The only, the only exception to that is when a little kid hops up in my truck, take a picture. I got to let him blow the horn. Okay. That's cool. Uh, I won't ask you to do it because I did the other night, and I, I, I don't want to get you in trouble, and I think I might have gotten the guy in trouble. So, Spencer, thank you very much. Spencer Bouts, be careful. Enjoy. This is a once-in-a-lifetime thing, it seems like, and uh, we appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. We'll be right back. Okay, that is Brandon Strzok, founder of the famous Walk Away campaign. You know him. He's a friend of uh, Newsmax, a friend of mine. I think he's great. But he got arrested in the aftermath of January 6th. He was there. He recently pleaded guilty to a uh, Class B nonviolent misdemeanor. He didn't break anything. He didn't hurt anybody. He never went inside the Capitol. But his life has been totally turned upside down. Uh, by the events that followed. So uh, Brandon Strzok joins us right now. Brandon, welcome back. How are you? Good to see you. How are you feeling? I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for having me, Greg. I mean, let's go, Brandon. I'm back. <laughs> you are back. All right. So listen, you pleaded guilty, uh, a nonviolent Class B, nonviolent misdemeanor, disorderly conduct. Yep. You have how many months in home confinement? Uh, I'm currently wearing an ankle bracelet, and I have three months of home confinement right now. So, look, tell us what it was like. You know, it sounds okay. Well, look, you're not going to jail. That's a good thing. You don't have to go to prison, but you were arrested. The FBI raided your home, and uh, you've been kind of in limbo uh, ever since. Uh, What was it like? Well, it's uh, it's been a really, really terrible and harrowing year, I have to say. I mean, I'm trying to you know, remain positive and, and get through what I hope is sort of the final stages of this, hopefully. But um, yeah, I didn't go inside the Capitol at all. In fact, I was on the east side of the building, which is a point that I'm trying to make clear as much as possible when I'm talking to people now, because this is a, a detail that's been missed a lot when telling these stories, is that the violence that people are used to seeing and hearing about with January 6th happened almost exclusively on the west side of the building. I was seeing none of that over on the side that I was at. There were there was no window breaking, smashing, people scaling walls. I was uh, filming on the steps of the Capitol as the doors were open and people were walking inside. So it was very surprising two and a half weeks later when an FBI SWAT team came into my apartment at the crack of dawn, put me in handcuffs and took me to jail where I sat in 24-hour lockdown for several days. Uh, before I was finally released. And then this began what has been a year-long nightmare, uh, which ultimately resulted in me pleading guilty to a nonviolent Class B misdemeanor charge and getting three months of house arrest, three years of probation, uh, a $5,000 fine, $500 restitution, 60 hours of community service uh, for a first offense, and um, and it bears mentioning, too, that, thank goodness, uh, this didn't happen. But the, the government also requested, as a condition of my three-year probation, that they have the right to surveil my phone, my bank accounts, my computer, my social media accounts, my email accounts for three years. Uh, but the judge did not grant them that. Are there any other restrictions? I mean, we know that a lot of people were kicked off social media. You weren't on social media for a while. Are you free to make a free to make a living? Are you free to resume to the best 
you can after this home confinement is over your previous life. That's what I'm told. And as of now, I'm going to hope that that continues to be true. But I have to be honest with you. I'm deeply concerned. I'm scared uh, because of the probation and because the jurisdiction of my probation is in Washington, D.C. I my, my personal opinion is that I'm not dealing with people who are fairly minded right. and who who are treating people who support Donald Trump or have supported Donald Trump fairly. And yeah. so I, I'm very concerned that once I get back out and I begin working again or even now as I begin working virtually for the next three months, um, that perhaps my conditions will be changed or more punishments will be imposed. But I'm hopeful yeah. that that will not be the case. We don't want that to happen. Brandon. Uh, we have to have you back soon, and we'd like to have a, another uh, conversation, longer uh, format, and uh, we appreciate it so much. Welcome home. Welcome back. Thank you. And to be continued. Brandon Strzok. Uh, Great check to be out. back. You bet. Thanks so much for watching tonight. To be continued, and uh, Grant Stinchfield is standing by. We have nothing to fear but fear itself. I like that. See you tomorrow.